let's get started. Hey everybody, this is your boy Vargas, and this is Me Podcast, episode 4, No Pressure Parenting. And on this podcast, I have a very special guest, my lovely wife, Corey. Say hi, Corey. Hi, everybody. So yeah, um... We'll just jump right into this. This might be a two-part episode. Um, depending on how long we go, we're just going to flow with it. Um, so just been here lately. We had just been talking about, you know, what can we talk about on this episode? And I was like bugging my wife here. You need to think about what we're going to talk about. So because... It's not just me talking now, it's going to be you talking as well. So, okay, Corey, what is the topic? What the topic obviously is no pressure parenting. So, what does that mean? What does that mean? Like, yeah. What are we starting so, out with? First of all, thanks, babe, for letting me join on your podcast. Um, it is an honor to jump on this with you and, and uh, just kind of you know, dive into some topics with you. I'm really excited. So I was just kind of thinking about what would I want to go over with you. Um, and one of the biggest things was, you know, that I felt was on my heart was parenting. Like we, there's so much pressure in our society and our generation to parent well. And you know, it's like, if you don't, if you're not perfect, then you're going to wound your kids forever. And they're going to grow up to be these, um, adults that struggle and have all these wounds that need healing and all this stuff. And, you know, you see this stuff on social media about like, don't cause any, um, you know, like you can heal kids, but don't like you, you can't heal adults, right? Like it's, there's just, I don't know. There's all these like memes and things that you see. that are just talking about how basically you can really damage your kids. And, um, there's all these articles out there about what to do, what not to do and all this stuff. And it's like, if you do this way of disciplining, then your kid's going to end up being hurt in the long run. Or if you don't do this, then whatever, I don't know. There's just so many roles and things out there. And I just feel like We need to find a place um, as parents where the pressure is off and you are just parenting out of love, doing the best you can, giving yourself grace in the process and knowing that there's not a perfect way. You know, it's 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 hard, but yeah, and this is this is just our opinions and our take and what we've learned as parents. Right. So this is, we're not professionals. We're not professional counselors. And we're just giving you guys uh, things that we've dealt with as parents, as a father and a mother. Yeah. Like experiences that we've had. So, yeah. So, so nothing we're saying, it's basically all opinionated (laughs) and this is our opinions. Um, which is right. <laughs> Which we think is right. And <laughs> they're perfect opinions. Yes, they're very perfect. But no, seriously, though, 
no seriously though it's it's i mean you can take it however you want to take it but this is just our advice um so yeah yeah like hopefully our some of our experiences things that we've learned i mean our son is we only have one child um he's a boy if you don't know his name is ezra he's amazing um, and he's only six years old. So we only have, you know, our experience with one kid that's six years old. I know that there's a lot of parents out there that have multiple children. They have teenagers and there's, I do believe there's a lot of people out there that you can really learn from, um, which is something we'll probably end up talking about in this podcast, learning from people that's kind of gone before you and has already raised kids and everything. But, um, yeah, I think that we've already learned a lot just in the six years that we've had him. And, um, and this is only our first kid. We're, yeah. You know, we want to sure. definitely have another one, Lord willing. Yeah. And so hopefully, you know, I mean, I, I think that, I think that as parents, we grow with our children, you know, I, I think we we have the opportunity to grow with our kids. Like you grow as a parent with your child, if you're willing and humble in your heart, you know, to do so. Yeah. So. And definitely not doing things that maybe we grew up on as our parents did with us we're kind of doing it a little different way because of our relationship with god so. yeah well i think that you know that's a good that's a good point that i i figured we were going to talk about at some point anyway which is that which we can hit on it now so like you know i think that there's a fear um you know, not to raise our kids if we didn't have, so let me put it this way. I'm sorry. So if we didn't have the best parents growing up or we were wounded or hurt by, you know, whatever experience we had as children ourselves or no parents or no parents. Yeah. There's, there's a fear that, gosh, I don't want to cause those same wounds in my kids. And so sometimes we can parent out of fear instead of out of love. And when that happens, there's, you end up, you can end up causing and doing the same things your parents did, even though you're not intentional about doing so. So like, for example, in your head, you can think, you know, this is actually, I don't know the psychological term for it, but they talk about it in psychology. Like you can basically in your head be like, I'm not going to, you know, I don't know, spank my child too much, right? Like that's not going to be my first method of discipline. First thing that I turn to because my parents spanked me so much as a kid. So you're like, I'm not doing that. But because in your head, you're thinking about not doing it so much, you end up actually doing it because in your head, the forefront of your mind is like, I'm not ever doing that to my kid. But then you get frustrated, you get angry and you start repeating the same actions that your parents did in the long run sometimes. And it's not intentional, um, but it can happen. And I mean, that's for me. I mean, that wasn't like being a you know, new dad when we first had Ezra, it was just like, am I going to be like my father? Yeah. I mean, there's, my dad wasn't super bad or anything, but you know, I just, there's things that I would love to do differently, which I am doing differently now with my son. I mean, but that was maybe one of the fears that I was dealing with was, am I going to be, am I going to treat my son like how my father treated me? Right. I know. And I, you know, and in my case, like as a mom, I had a wonderful mother. I mean, she was, there were, you know, a lot of things that I would love to be like my mom with was with me and my brother. Um, I only have one sibling. I know that you have a lot of brothers and sisters. I only have one older sibling. Um, Shout out to my brother. Love you very much, bro. Uh, He is 10 and a half years older than me. Um, 
but uh yeah so I only had one other sibling my mother <clears throat> was amazing but unfortunately I did not have a good uh dad relationship father-daughter relationship it was very shoddy for many years and unfortunately um I didn't have the best experiences with my dad growing up now thankfully God ended up helping restore our relationship in the latter years and um all was well before he ended up passing away but you know, with my mom, um, there were a lot of things I learned from her that I, I love to implement with our kids. And, but there are some things that I feel like I've learned from that I'm kind of flushing and going, you know what, I'm really trying not to do that with, with our kids. Um, yeah. obviously no parents perfect. Right. I mean, and you can't, and that's the thing. That's the thing is that in our society, it's like, you have to do it this way. And if you don't, you're a failure. And as a parent, you know, and, um, there's so many, so just kind of getting into some, one of the points was, um, you know, being scared when you have your first kid, right? Like it's, it's so scary. Cause you find out, you know, as a mom, I speak from the mom's side, I know you're going to share your heart as a dad. Mm -hmm. So from the mom's side of, uh, you know, point of view, it's like, Oh my gosh, like I'm pregnant. You know, in my case with Ezra, um, many of you guys, y'all you obviously don't know but I'm a nurse and I was finishing up nursing school at the time and I found out that I was pregnant and it was outside of my plan you know like we have these plans with our lives and we're like we're gonna be married for this many years and then we're gonna have kids at year whatever of our marriage we're gonna have like 12 kids <laughs> oh, God, that's no. exactly what I was oh. thinking when we first got married and then we had and what did Ezra. I tell you I said you are not the one pushing them out of yours <laughs> well I was like you know what so uh, I'm okay with just one kid. Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I was like, you are not the one that has to carry all these little children, <laughs> these little children. So anyway, um, but yeah, so I, you know, he was, he wasn't exactly planned by me necessarily, but God had him planned, of course. Um, so himself. found out I was pregnant and, you know, it was like, okay, well, crap. Now there's like this huge responsibility to raise this kid and you want to do it right but how do you do that? You know? And I was terrified because it was like, am I going to hurt him or what? Not even am I, rem I remember him being born and I was holding him in the nurse in our, in his baby room, his nursery when he was newborn. And I was, it, you know, it was one of those middle of the night bottle feeding times and all that stuff. And I remember holding him and crying because I was thinking, Oh my gosh, one day the world's going to hurt my baby boy. And, you know, just sitting there thinking like, gosh, I wish I could protect this little human being from, you know, the, I wish I could protect him and shelter him and not let anything ever bad happen. And I remember thinking one day I'm going to have to spank his butt. One day I'm going to have to put him in timeout and discipline him. And I don't like thinking that right now because he's this perfect little human being. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's funny because, you know, you, you think about like, well, my parents spanked me when I was younger, so guess what? If my son acts up, I'm going to spank his little butt too. But then when it comes down to that point where you have to discipline your son or your kids, you, you get that, that feeling of, man, I just spanked my kid and it hurt me more than it hurt him. Yeah, for sure. You don't want to hurt your kids, you know. And so that was another thing, you know, that God was working on me was – once I discipline my kid, is he going to like hate me because I spanked his butt? Yeah. But that's, 
here you know like we rarely ever really spank him because that's yeah now it's yeah it's, but i think that's because we were consistent when he was in his early years with the discipline you know yeah but Which it we'll was more like into. a more like a smack on the hand or something yeah but for not sure. like seriously let's well we didn't know, go hand like, with a belt or something yeah <laughs> we didn't resort to that we didn't have the need to resort to that yeah um so yeah, so some, I just think that, like, so for me, I had some fears of being a new mom. Like, what is the world going to do to him? How am I going to discipline this child? How am I going to provide for him? What if I screw up? What if I mess everything up as a as a, as a parent? What if there's nothing that tells me how to do this? You know, I mean, obviously, everybody kind of, all the Christian way, Christianized, what is it, Christianese, is like, well, you have the word of God. Well, you know what? Some things are just not that black and white in the word of God with parenting. Not as, like, you know, you open up the Bible and it doesn't say, well, this is when, you know, you make your children eat all their food. And this is when you don't, this is when you tell them to say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. This is when you don't. it doesn't tell you those black and white things, but, but what it does tell you is that Holy Spirit's your teacher, right? So I, I, I felt like, you know, I don't know how the heck to raise my kid, but God does. And he's really good at it. And in the process of that, I realized that I had to understand that, you know, I'm not going to be, I, okay. So I remember there was this one day where Ezra was a little baby and it was just a terrible day. He was fussy. He was crying. I remember you were at work. I was at home with him and I remember he pooped and poop came running out of his diaper, got all over my clothes. Yeah, I had a nice, and of all clothes, I had a white shirt yeah, on. Babies do that. Of course. <laughs> and then he, in the meantime, he spit up. So I had spit up on top of on my shoulder. I had poop running down my shirt. I needed to make a bottle and everything. I tried to make the bottle one handed to be one of those super moms. That's like super cool, you know, and like can just do everything one handed because I was freaking awesome. So I was trying to do that. You are freaking awesome. Aw, thanks, babe. But anyway, I tried to do that and freaking formula like went all over the counter and it was just, I looked up at the house and the house was a mess and it was just a messy, bad day and a bad moment. And all of a sudden I just started cracking up laughing because I realized this is life. This is real life. It's not Instagram. It's not TikTok life. It's not, you know, what you see on TV. This is real life and it's okay. And God finds joy in those things. You know, like you have to, you have to find joy. I feel like God laughs with us at at a lot of things, you know, and I feel like he's laughing at what we're laughing at. And in that moment, I realized, you know what? It is okay not to be perfect and it's okay to be messy and it's okay to have a rough day, but that baby is taken care of. He's fed. He will have a clean diaper in a few minutes. My, this shirt can be washed, but my baby is happy, healthy and alive, you know? So, um, is true anyway yeah so I just you know another thing that I had dealt with as well um being a new mom is oh my gosh I was like terrified of SIDS I was like oh I'm gonna wake up and he's gonna be dead <laughs> like I just I had and, and you know if you've ever had it that or known somebody who's passed away from SIDS I'm so sorry so shout out to you um I does. didn't even know what that was when you first told me that I'm like what yeah. the heck is that well hashtag I'm thinking it's like some kind of like disease or something that he gets <laughs> and I'm like 
no, our son's not going to get some type of disease. And then you're like, no, babe, that's not what that means. Right. Like, well, Sid sounds like chicken pox or something. Oh I don't gosh, know. Oh, my gosh. Lord. <laughs> I didn't even well, know. Well, you know, hashtag nursing life. Like, I just know too daggum much as a nurse. And so I was so scared. And so I was like, I remember checking on him. So you have, like, the emotional side of things of, am I going to raise this kid right? Then you have the other side of it is, are they going to stay healthy and happy? You know, I mean, backtrack. When I was pregnant, I was terrified of everything. Like, if I ate lunch meat, oh, my God. He's going to, he's going to get malformed. Like something's going to happen. Um, if I eat raw cheese, you know, or like, like when I say raw cheese, I'm sorry. I mean like uncooked, like you can melt cheese and there's like the normal cold <laughs> raw cheese, right? cheese. Well, because it's a thing like you can't eat, so you're not supposed to eat certain cheeses whenever you're pregnant and you're not supposed to drink certain things. Like if you have one, I quit all caffeine while I was pregnant. Cause I was told if you drink coffee, it's going to hurt the baby's heartbeat, which there is truth in that. Like you can't drink like a ton of caffeine, but you can have a cup of coffee. It's not going to be in the end of the world. You know, maybe back in the day, like a little bit like what? Not nowadays because everything can cause anything and everything nowadays. Right. But like everything. back then, maybe when we were kids, you know, or when we were babies and people were having them, but none of that really. Yeah, mattered. they weren't that strict. <laughs> Smoking didn't matter. All right. that stuff, nothing mattered. Like I turned out okay. Yeah, I know. I remember my mom. Um, telling me that she used to have a glass of wine every night while she was pregnant with me because her doctor, her OB told her she should because it was healthy. <laughs> but nowadays they're like, oh God, no, stay away reality, from all alcohol consumption. In reality, she was just trying to make you go to sleep so you would stop kicking. <laughs> <laughs> Just okay. Kidding. Just kidding. Guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, uh, you know, I was like so terrified and then, oh my gosh, I had an ultrasound. Hopefully this takes the pressure off some of you pregnant moms out there. Like I get it. I get it, sis. Like I, I was pregnant and, um, I was terrified my kid was going to be born with a cleft palate just because the ultrasound picture looked weird. And the doctor was like, it's just a normal ultrasound picture. But I was like, no, it looks weird. There's a shadow. Like, babe, come on now. The baby's still haven't fully developed yet. Of course, it's going to look like weird listen. and deformed. <laughs> so at the time, I think my insurance didn't cover like a 4D ultrasound or whatever. So nowadays you can get those 4Ds and you can see like the full shape. But I couldn't. It was just a normal picture. Once again, we have privileges nowadays. Yeah. No, most parents did back, back then the when we were kids. Days. Yeah. I didn't have the whole 4D pictures. Right. So I didn't, I didn't know, like, you know, even then I didn't have it. And so I was so scared. And then it was like, I, so basically throughout pregnancy and up until his delivery, I had choice. I had opportunity after opportunity to trust God in the midst of it and go, you know what, God, I am terrified. I don't know what in the world I'm doing with this kid. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I have to trust you. You know, now he did give me promises um, that I will say I had different moments where like I remember one point I was reading scripture and I just felt like the Lord, like the Holy Spirit was like, this is for you for this pregnancy. Um, like, you know, I don't I don't remember, I have it written down somewhere in my journal of um, different scriptures that I felt like God was like, this is going to be for you and Ezra. Different moments where I'd be in prayer and he would tell me and give me promises and say, hey, you know, Ezra's going to be OK. He's going to live. You're going to be OK. Everything's going to be all right. And so there were just so many times of like having to go back those those that it was a great season of opportunity for me to learn to really lean on him um, and learn what it was like to trust God and when he was born and I had to literally surrender in my heart the fear of him dying from SIDS because it was such a big deal for me there it's so funny because sometimes I'll talk to new moms they're like SIDS like I'm not even worried about that <laughs> and I'm like that must be so good for you <laughs> but that was definitely something that I was you know so anyway yeah, I don't, I don't know, babe. How did you feel about being a new dad? Uh, I mean, for me, I don't know. I'm just, it's been, what, 
six years now, <laughs> that feeling, I don't know. I, I just was, I mean, my most fear, I guess, was just making sure that I was a good enough dad that I didn't teach him or show him. I'm just, even now I'm still, you know, you know, believing in God to just show me how to be a, a better dad every, every day and making sure that he feels loved by me and yeah that's i mean there's no like you know i still think even now like okay i I don't want him to you know to go down the wrong path you know and but ultimately that's going to be his decision when he gets a little bit older like which path is he going to take is it going to be good or is it going to be bad right you know so i don't i mean that's kind of my fear maybe when i was like i like with him i was maybe looking too far into the future or something and just said oh man what if he becomes like this bad person or he ends up yeah. in jail or something or even like you know commit suicide or whatnot i don't ever want to you know that's my fear i don't want to ever see my son you know i know there's uh parents out there that's dealt with you know just things happening to their kids and their kids just yeah. you know either you know dying or suicide you know just something you know and right. it, that's a that's a fear that i deal with like even now just thinking about it like is my son gonna be okay tomorrow right am i gonna wake up one day and he's just gonna have a random sickness come upon him yeah you know am i gonna trust god to be able to take care of him and even if something were to happen to him which i'm not really speaking that but like how would i handle it right that's my fear of like how would I handle it would I would I you know we have friends who've dealt with like the loss and my sister you know the loss of you know sudden loss of their their child yeah and like to not really know exactly how a parent feels I mean that's scary and and, yeah, for and, sure. and you remember that another thing remember that time when when he was like hiding from us in the morning oh my god and like that freak excuse my language but that freaked the hell out of me yeah like because that so i think we need i think we need to explain because people don't know what you're talking about okay so one morning you know i was getting ready for work and it's ezra was about i think he was like three or four years old three years old i I don't well it was at the other house before we moved in this one but like he was just he was was up right and and i didn't think anything of it i just thought he was just like playing around you know maybe he went to the bathroom or whatnot yeah, i don't even know because what it was, was still he walked in the out and his, learning. his door was open right yeah so yeah. his door was open and then so i go in there and i open up the door and i'm like hmm, maybe he's downstairs messing with something and so i go out downstairs and i'm like ezra where are you you know and um he's <laughs> i'm like looking around like okay maybe he's underneath his bed so i go back up the stairs and I'm losing my, at this time, I didn't really flip on lights yet, but I, I like turned my phone light on and I'm like, where the heck are you at? Ezra, where are you at? You know, I started calling his name like Ezra, where are you at? He wouldn't answer me. He wouldn't come out. He was super hiding. Like it was a game to him, you know, and, <laughs> and it was like at, at that point, my heart started racing fast because I'm like, oh my God, did he run outside the door right, exactly. and just tick off and just, you know, like, like you hear those missing. stories of one those yeah. little kids just randomly walking away from their house, you know, right. and just like going wherever and then never being seen again. So I was like 
freaking out. Then I go flip on all the lights and I'm flipping on like his bedroom light. I'm flipping all the lights out onto the house. I run into the bedroom and I'm like, babe, like, have you seen Ezra? Yeah, I can't I find that. Ezra. And yeah. then you like, you're like, what? Like you're like half asleep. What are you talking about? I'm like, I can't find Ezra. And I'm like freaking out. I'm like, so then it was me and you. And at the time your brother lived with us, your twin brother. Yeah. And, and I so like all knocking three were on like his door. Tearing the, we were like tearing the house apart. In, I, my but brother, I, remember, I didn't even really knock. I just bust him. Have you seen Ezra? And he's like, what? Like, right. No, I'm like, I can't find Ezra anywhere. You know? Yeah. Like, and I remember we like ran, I remember running downstairs and both the doors were still locked. And I remember thinking, well, that's weird. Like he has to still be here somewhere. But he was already. But at we that, literally couldn't find him. He was already at that stage where he could open the doors, and I don't think we had the actual, the door. Well, we didn't have one. The in protective the back. thingy. We didn't have it in the in back. In the back, yeah. The back door. So we went out back outside. It was just like I a ran hot outside mess. Outside, and I started yelling his. I mean, this is early in the morning. I'm like. Yelling his name, Ezra, Ezra, where are you? And so finally, was it me that discovered him, I think? No, I come or back Dustin? in. Are you? No, I come back okay. in. Okay. And Ezra is right behind the rocking chair. Giggling, thinking it's Giggling. hilarious. And <laughs> I mean, like my heart, like in the midst of that, my heart stopped. Like yeah. I was like. Couldn't breathe. I felt like this is what it feels like for to lose your child. a parent to have their kid go missing. And yeah, I'm for like, sure. Are we one of those parents right now? That in that moment, I was thinking we are one of those parents where we're gonna have to post pictures of our son yeah. on like a websites child, and walls, right. missing child, and I just, I just broke down. Yeah, like I held him I in my arms that. and I just broke down. And I'm like, dude, you cannot do that to me. You know, so I like, remember you like, but crying that's just and like, holding him. yeah, that was just like one of my biggest fears is just like losing. You know, losing my son. Losing him, yeah. And so it was like, that was that was probably one of my biggest, that's one of my biggest fears that I deal with on a daily. So just, how do you feel like, like, how do you surrender? Like, so, like, how do you surrender that fear over to God and let him handle it? Like, how are you okay every I mean, day being a parent? I just, it's just, it's kind of hard to, to describe. You just got to do it. You, you know? just got to make the choice, right? You just got to make that choice and believe that, you know trusting God that yeah. he's going to take care of your kid, even if he is like something happens to him that right. he'll take care of him. And you have to ultimately make that decision. Like, and if something does happen, like, are you still going to follow? Are you still going to follow God? Yeah. Follow God. And a lot of people like to choose, you know, the, the wrong, like, I don't want to do it. I'm not following God. God's not real. Cause God's not protecting me, you know, but yeah. All the lies. Yeah. This, I mean this, but, but I can't never say anything says about it because I really don't know what it would feel like if right. I did lose my kid. So I can't sit there and judge that person right. for making those decisions. Right. So that was that's one of my fears is just maybe losing my son one day. And I mean the Bible never says thing. that like we're the Bible never says that we're not going to go through trials. Right. It says when you go through trials, when you go through stuff. So he doesn't protect us from heartbreak, but he's with us in heartbreak in the midst of heartbreak. And I know that was like one of the hardest things for me too is just surrendering. I remember making the choice like God, I surrender Ezra over to you. Um, no, I, this is hard and, and it's okay to say, Hey Jesus, I don't know how to surrender him over to you fully, but I need your help, but help me surrender him. Cause I want to, and I, I know he's yours at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, babe, that's a really good point. And I, I remember I had another instance with him at, uh, the children's museum where he was with me and your nephews and niece was visiting. And I took one of the nephews and the niece to the children's museum with Ezra. They were all playing. Everything was great. He had my eyes on him the whole time and I turn around to sit down for a second and that's always the story right like you take your eyes off for two seconds 
And I did. I turn back around and I see the nephew and the niece and I don't see Ezra. And I'm like, where is he at? And they're like, oh, there was so-and-so. Like, they're, you know, your nephew was like, oh, he's with the niece. And, and she's like, no, I thought he was with you. He's missing. He's gone. And literally time stops. Like, the world stops. Like, you, I was panicking. I start shouting out for Ezra. I'm running around this children's museum freaking out. Thank the Lord. It it really didn't last that long. It was only like a couple of minutes. But this but it um, felt like eternity when it does happen. It definitely <laughs> did. It felt like all of the eternity. And then this um this older gentleman stopped and he said, "Ma'am, is is this is this him over here?" And points to him. And I'm like, "Oh my God, yes, thank you." You know. So yeah, babe, I I remember that feeling. It's terrible, but praise Worst God, feelings. he's here with us. He's fine. Um. So the next thing I kind of wanted to hit on too is like you know. I think we kind of hit, well, this kind of goes into control, right? So, so I think that a lot of parents I've noticed myself, you know, we've been in youth ministry for years. Um, Mm. We've been in youth ministry since even before we even got God created the earth. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Because you were doing youth ministry with, you know, on your own. Even before we got married. Yeah. Youth ministry on my own. So one thing that I've noticed with parents, um, shout out to all the parents that let us uh, love on their kids for sure. I know there's lots of shout outs in here, but I just like to do it. So anyway, shout out. Shout out. Um, But yeah, like I love, you know, we love teenagers. One thing that we've noticed is that their the parents have a hard time um, letting go of control of their kids as they get older, you know. And I mean, even I even remember my mom saying, like when I was a teenager, that that was one of the hardest things for her to do was to quote unquote like cut the cord and release me and let me kind of go experience life on my own. Yeah. And so, um, even starting young with Ezra, I I I'm work. I've been working on I mean I feel like for me it's like a continual process because I think some of us struggle with control more than others you're more of an easy go and go with the flow kind of guy and I'm more of like I need to know the plan I need to control the situation and I'm free will let's do this yes I need (laughs) I need an end result goal you know I need a a spring of the moment type guy like all right hey let's go here and I love that about you we need to plan this yes no let's just go do it I mean even this (laughs) podcast right like I had a whole little out outline for us and that's which just is how, good it's good to have outlines. yeah it's good but sometimes planning and wanting to make goals in life can partner with control and that's when it gets uh, messy because we don't need to control our kids if we control our kids then we're not allowing them to make their own decisions and learn their own independence um well, and even it, now like for an example like me and you have a, a differences in what our what our son does right meaning activity wise you're like no he's gonna do this this and this and right. i'm like no i'm not gonna make him do something that he doesn't want to do that he doesn't like or he doesn't enjoy you're like well no he's got to try it at least once but i'm like if he doesn't show any interest he's not gonna show any interest in it during the process so yeah so that's that's a, a, a mini example of like you know control like okay well what are we gonna do are we gonna allow him to choose what he wants to do or are we gonna just force him to do something yeah like i can't control him and make him play basketball or baseball if he really hates it yeah it's gonna be just gonna gonna be something that that he right but i think we came to a good compromise with that which is another thing that people have to learn as parents is compromising with each other to find a good for the betterment of their child you know and so for him our compromise we came to was okay he doesn't like because we tried baseball for a season i wanted me and you wanted him so bad to love baseball you were a little bit more easy going 
about it. Well, I was I like, wanted, no. Because I, I love baseball, too. Right. I, mean, I grew up playing Little League, so um, I really wanted him to, to do baseball, too. But that's yeah. just something he's not he's showing He's not interest. into it right yeah. now. He, he doesn't. But he liked the karate, taekwondo kind of thing. Yeah. But there have been times where he's like, skip it. I don't want to do it. And so, no. Our, so, our compromise that's is, okay, anything, you man. have to do something your choice and I told I remember sitting down with him one night and says Ezra you can have a choice you can do baseball soccer basketball taekwondo those are our options right now what do you want to do and he he didn't want to do any of it at first he said I don't want to do anything and so if we went completely to dad's side he'd be like well you don't want to do anything that's fine if we went to completely to mom's side well I'm making you do this so I think the compromise there was okay well you have to do something but it's your choice of what you're going to do and so when he chose, he said, well, okay, well, I'm going to do Taekwondo. Okay, perfect. So that's something that we both have encouraged him to do, and he is at least doing something. But you know, that's, that, <laughs> but that stemmed off from the show that we were watching, that uh, Cobra Kai show. And oh, yeah, for sure. It's funny because, like, all, He wants to be a ninja. Yeah, a ninja or Power Rangers. Martial everything is just like, everything is just to inspire him to be, he wants to fight. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. For sure. That, that was kind of a motivation for him. He's, like, seeing these kids, and they're beating each other up not well that's not what he's in taekwondo for i try to explain that to him on a daily basis he's learning he's learning and then they're not going to train him like that either at his taekwondo place his taekwondo place is pretty nice so they're yeah they're pretty focused on you know doing the right way doing the right things yeah so and i think i think one thing we went to a parenting conference at church um a while back with seth doll and he's an amazing if you ever need um, some parenting guide, you know, like a, a parenting guide to help you. He makes some amazing books. Um, and uh, one of them he talks about, you know, manipulation and control versus discipline, you know, um, and uh, punishment. And so I think that I had the mentality growing up, like you do this, your punishment is this. Well, he kind of teaches you how to talk about versus punishment versus just teaching them that okay you can make your own choices but they're going to have consequences at the end of the day so um I think we kind of shifted our parenting from okay you're going to get a butt whooping or you're going to get time out no matter what if you don't listen to because shame on you for not listening to okay you know what you can choose to do that but here's the consequence now one of the questions that came up at the conference was well what if you like when do you step in and spank your kid when do you step in and go no you know what you are going to have to deal with some sort of level of discipline and he said well he said it's when you know risk versus benefit so he's like if your kid is going to run out in the middle of the street are you going to let him run out in the middle of the street and get hit by a car no absolutely not he goes yes i have spanked my child for not listening because they were about to go get hit by a car so spanking or hit by a car and killed you know <laughs> weigh your options there yeah. um but there are other situations where i've we've gone okay like with Ezra, I've, I've said things like my terminology is more of, okay, son, well, you can choose to not listen right now and not do this. But if you choose to not listen, then you don't get to watch TV tonight because you're taking too long to like, so what I'm getting at is, okay. So for example, Ezra likes to watch TV at night before he goes to bed. Right. And I've kind of caved and I let him do it. I used to be really against that, but I, you know, he's getting older and I know the poor kid gets bored before bed. So I'm like, that's fine. I'll let him watch the TV before bed, whatever. Well, he doesn't want to get ready for bed though. It's the process of having to change my clothes or, you know, take a shower, change my clothes, brush my teeth, all that stuff. So my verb, my, 
verbiage to him is something along the lines of, hey, Ezra, if you take this long, this is the amount of time you have to watch TV tonight before bed. And the longer you take, the less time you have to watch TV. Versus if you don't go brush your teeth right now, I'm gonna whoop your butt. You know, there's two different. And so I, we haven't gotten perfect at that. I don't think so. Um, I mean, you but we're working on it. Well, you definitely do it a little bit different. And I mean, you you do the whole Seth doll way, but I still kind of just like, well, I don't like spank him or anything, but it's just like m m me for me more like, OK, well, if you're not going to do that, then guess what else you're going to do? You're not going to do this and you're not going to play with that. So what do you want to do? Right, like taking away toys and yeah, stuff, it's which just, is okay. Whenever, yeah. depending on the situation and what's going on. And that's that's like I said, you're you're the whole, you know, hey, well, you're about to do, you're about to sit here for like, however many minutes that you do not want to listen, and I'm more like, okay, well, if you don't want to listen, then you're not gonna get this, and we're not gonna do this tomorrow. Oh no no no! Yeah, see? yeah, so, certain things. Certain well, things something else that I've learned that works more now as well as threatening to pick up dog poop. Um, he really, I have never said that to him Oh my yet. gosh, he hates the idea of it. Like, he went out with me one day. Um, I took the little plastic bag out, and I went to pick up the nasty dog poop outside or whatever. And so Ezra went with me, and he's like, so this is what it's like to pick up dog poop. I said, yep. And so he goes, I never want to have to do this, mommy. And so now it's a great consequence for some of his choices. If he wants to, I haven't had to make him do it, do anything yet. Um, but the, yeah, there's been some situations where he's, you know, if I'm like, Hey son. And so a prime example of that kind of situation would be like when he's had friends over, I'm like, Hey son, you guys need to go clean up your toys. You made a you know, hot mess in your room. And, um, instead of manipulating him and going, well, if you don't pick up, you know, I don't know. I think there's ways to say it. Like there's manipulation and there's discipline. So manipulation is more of like, I'm going to give you this. If you do this, like I'll let you watch TV. If you clean up the room, don't word it that way. You know, Which I'm guilty of that. Cause I've done that before. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's really hard to, I mean, to be honest, I, I, I still do that sometimes it, it's, it's hard not to manipulate the situation. It's, it's really hard. Um, the thing that sucks about that is that he learns how to manipulate because he's told me before, well, mommy, I will not letting you in my room if you're not nice to me. He said that to me before. And I'm like, little boy, listen here. This is whose house is this again? <laughs> Do you pay the bills? <laughs> Who pays the bills around here? Do you have We've a already had that conversation, you know, like, and so this is what I expect from you. So, I mean, that's something we're definitely still working on. It's, we're always a work in progress progress and I think yeah. we should be um but yeah I've said things like you know hey you know you guys need to clean up your room and I'm you have 15 minutes to do so when I come up there if it's not clean you are gonna have to pick up the dog poop outside that's the consequence you're gonna have to you know do and he's like oh god so then he goes and cleans up the room but I mean and again that's something that we're still working on as parents but I think we're doing a pretty good job compared to how we started off you know, because before it was like popping the hand for everything um, because I, we didn't know any better. We're yeah. raised a certain way and we kind of mimic that with our own children. Hey, guys, I just want to say thank you for listening. We're going to go ahead and cut that uh, right there because due to the length of the this episode or not necessarily this episode, but the topic that we're talking about, um, I, I just have to make it two parts because. You know, me and my wife really enjoyed talking about this. And so it kind of prolonged a little bit. So this is episode four, part one of No Pressure Parenting. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. I hope it blessed you. Um, just, I mean, just continue to listen. Like if you like the episode, if you like the podcast, please uh, like it and follow, subscribe, whatever you want to call it in the podcast world. Um, but yeah, 
stay tuned for the part two of no pressure parenting and it might be a little bit longer than this one just due to the fact that you know we're finishing up the the conversation on no pressure parenting so hope you enjoyed it love you guys see you next time peace